universal hydrogen selling conversion kits for commercial air travel, Hyzon Motors getting even more traction, and Equinor likes the future of blue hydrogen beyond 2050. All of this on today's Hydrogen Podcast. So the big questions in the energy industry today are, how is hydrogen the primary driving force behind the evolution of energy? Where is capital being deployed for hydrogen projects globally? And where are the best investment opportunities for early adopters who recognize the importance of hydrogen? I will address the critical issues and give you the information you need to deploy capital. Those are the questions that will unlock the potential of hydrogen, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Paul Rodden, and welcome to the Hydrogen Podcast. Universal Hydrogen, which is a U.S. firm that aims to do for clean fuel what Nespresso did for coffee, is poised to announce preliminary hydrogen deals with airlines, including Iceland Air, as it looks at a possible listing as early as next year. This coming in an article from Reuters.com. Europe's Airbus has captured attention with a pledge to introduce 100-seat hydrogen-powered airplanes by 2035, but founded by former Airbus technology chief Paul Aramenko, Universal Hydrogen aims to speed up the introduction of hydrogen for smaller regional airplanes to 2025 by using fuel cells fed by modular hydrogen capsules to replace the turboprop systems. And the Nespresso quote earlier is directly related to how Aramenko views Universal Hydrogen's business model. He says, we are the Nespresso capsule of hydrogen. We don't grow the coffee and we don't make the coffee maker, he says. But in order to kickstart demand, Nespresso offered coffee makers while encouraging others to build compatible machines. Araminko says, it's a similar model for us. Somebody has to build the first coffee maker, and our version of that is to develop a conversion kit and offer that to regional airlines. The kits include a fuel cell and an electric powertrain to replace the conventional turboprops built by Pratt & Whitney Canada. Airlines' cost of investing in these kits can be offset against long-term contracts to supply fuel via modular capsules. And from the viewpoint of a passenger, the propellers remain while the engine architecture and fuel system behind them change, with some seats removed to fit the hydrogen capsules. Now, under the tentative deals announced on July 7th, details of which have been supplied to Reuters, Spanish regional airline Air Nostrum would buy 11 kits to convert current and future ATR 72-600 turboprop airplanes. Also on the list was Raven Alaska, which last year inherited part of the operations of bankrupt Alaskan regional carrier Raven Air. They would buy five conversion kits under a long-term hydrogen fuel deal. Also on the list was Iceland Air, who would also buy conversion kits for its regional fleet as part of a long-term fuel supply deal. Now beyond what Universal Hydrogen is currently doing, they also have their eye on joining a wave of listings via SPAC. But that does depend on how the SPAC market evolves over the next year or so, this according to Araminko. Next, Hyzon Motors is deepening its strategic hydrogen mobility partnership with Total Energy's SE. This in an article from Yahoo Finance. On July 12th, Hyzon Motors announced that it had signed a memorandum of understanding with Total Energy's through its marketing and services division. The MOU reinforces the two companies' shared commitment to evaluate and develop hydrogen refueling and vehicle supply solutions for long-haul transport to customers across Europe. Hyzon and Total Energies aim to make it easier for fleet owners to transition to renewable hydrogen fuel by combining their existing infrastructure and technology. Total Energies, which operates over 15,500 service stations globally, and Hyzon, a leading supplier of hydrogen fuel cell trucks, 
already have hydrogen refueling stations and hydrogen-powered vehicles in operation. A first concrete operational step is the announcement of the signature of an additional MOU between Hyzon and Total Energies, this time through its French affiliate Total Energies Marketing France, which oversees its service stations network and new mobilities solutions in France. Under the second MOU, the companies will collaborate on developing ecosystems that will secure by 2023 the production of hydrogen fuel cell powered trucks for Total Energy's French customers. Starting from trials, Hyzon aims to eventually be able to supply customers with hydrogen fuel cell trucks at a total cost of ownership parity with diesel powered commercial vehicles across Europe. According to John Wilson, Vice President of the Gas Mobility at the Marketing and Services Division of Total Energies, said, We are convinced that hydrogen is a mobility solution of the future. That is why Total Energy Ventures previously invested in Hyzon Motors. The announcement today takes a relationship even further, giving the company leverage to expand the reach of hydrogen in the commercial vehicle market in Europe. To achieve our climate ambition of net zero emissions by 2050, together with society, Hydrogen fuel cell powered trucks must come to the market. We are therefore excited about this partnership with Hyzon. Next, Norway's Equinor sees role for blue hydrogen beyond 2050 in net zero CO2 world. This in an article from S&P Global Platts. Norway's state-controlled energy company Equinor is confident there is a long-term role for hydrogen produced from hydrocarbons with carbon capture and storage. The company's senior vice president for low-carbon solutions, Greta Tveit, told S&P Global Platts. The development of blue hydrogen from hydrocarbons with CCS would pave the way for green hydrogen production from renewable energy. And while future supply would likely be entirely green, there is still plenty of room for blue hydrogen in a 2050 net-zero CO2 scenario, Tveit said in an interview. If I'm investing in blue hydrogen facilities that can last for 30 or 40 years, then I'm happy, Tveit said July 8th. Equinor is spearheading several blue hydrogen projects across Europe, but it is also developing green hydrogen projects in parallel. We don't see them as competing because we really think we need both solutions as soon as possible, and as much as possible. The company is part of a consortium developing the Nord H2 renewable hydrogen project, powered by 4 gigawatts of offshore wind in the Netherlands by 2030. However, blue hydrogen would be the dominant low-carbon hydrogen pathway in the next decade, she added. Most of the other green projects are on the megawatt scale, she said. What we need is gigawatt, and we need many gigawatts. And that's why I believe blue is important. And while the company aims to become a global offshore wind energy major, the scale of its plans in the hydrogen space could be similarly ambitious. It aims to be a large-scale hydrogen producer in three to five industrial clusters by 2035, which Device said could account for 10% of European low-carbon production. The company also said at the end of June it was expanding its blue hydrogen plans in the UK, adding 1.2 gigawatts of capacity in the Humber region on top of the 600 megawatt H2H Salton project. Much of the production will feed the Keedby Hydrogen Power Station, which Equinor is developing with utility SSE Thermal. Equinor said it could deliver with its partners over half of the UK's 5 gigawatt low carbon hydrogen goal by 2030. Fight said the large industrial customers for blue hydrogen in the Humber region would be adding to the hydrogen demand pool, rather than replacing existing conventional hydrogen, as the area sought to decarbonize completely by 2040. Equinor is also developing the H2 Morrow Blue Hydrogen Project in Germany with Open Grid Europe, 
and Thyssenkrupp to supply the country's largest steelworks. In the Netherlands, it's working with Vattenfall and Gas Uni to convert Vattenfall's Magnum gas-fired power plant in the Netherlands to run on hydrogen. And the company has partnered with Ingi to develop low-carbon hydrogen value chains in Belgium, the Netherlands, and France. Dwight said that while blue hydrogen had a price advantage over green, and both would become more competitive as costs fell and carbon prices rose, state support was still needed. She says, As it is right now, we need funding support, and so does the customer buying the hydrogen. Now, Platts assessed the cost of hydrogen production by steam methane reforming from natural gas at just over 2.5 euros per kilogram. That was on July 8th. And also keep in mind, that number is in the Netherlands and includes carbon, CCS, and CapEx. However, the unabated number was 2.25 per kilogram. In contrast, renewable hydrogen via alkaline electrolysis in Europe was almost double that cost, at 4.96 euros per kilogram. That includes CapEx, with PEM electrolysis at 6.18 per kilogram. And when addressing the government support that Ecuador has received so far, Dwight said that the UK government had done a good job in consulting and supporting the industry, which is why Ecuador had progressed blue hydrogen projects the furthest there. And when asked if blue hydrogen developments were critical to ensuring natural gas remained a viable commodity in the energy transition, Dwight said that was not the primary motivation for Equinor's investments in the sector. Equinor does not anticipate a complete divestment from hydrocarbons anytime soon, and Device saw a market for natural gas way into the future. Rather, the move into blue hydrogen was a way for Equinor to decarbonize its own operations to meet its aim of becoming a net-zero CO2 emission company by 2050, she said. If we still have oil and gas production, we need to decarbonize our products. Equinor is also investigating converting natural gas pipelines in Norway to ship hydrogen to continental Europe and possibly the UK. If we can reuse them, then of course, that is a lot of savings, Dwight said. And really what all of this tells me is that Equinor has a very solid understanding of how the hydrogen market is going to develop over the next 30 to 40 years. And it seems to me that right now, Equinor seems to be leading the way, at least in Europe, when it comes to hydrogen. Okay, that's it for me, everyone. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about today's episode, come by my website at thehydrogenpodcast.com and let me know. I would really love to hear from you. And as always, take care, stay safe, I'll talk to you later. Hey, this is Paul. I hope you liked this podcast. If you did and want to hear more, I'd appreciate it if you would either subscribe to this channel on YouTube or connect with your favorite platform through my website at www.thehydrogenpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I very much appreciate it. Have a great day.